Hello and welcome to Not Just About Copy. I'm your host, Emma McMillan, and I'm an educator, copywriter, and copywriting coach. But this podcast is not just about copy. At its heart, this is a podcast all about connection, how we use words to connect with others, and the lasting impact words can have on us. It's about empowering you to write better. It's about learning to love a blank page and its possibilities. It's about finding joy in words and language. You'll hear conversations that I hope will inspire you to reflect on your relationship with words and on how connection shows up for you. Solo coaching episodes with me will give you actionable tips and strategies to write better copy with more flow, confidence, and a sense of fun. Thanks for being here. Now, let's dive in. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and honour their deep language and storytelling traditions. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Not Just About Copy podcast. I'm back with a coaching episode today that's going to dive a little bit deeper into SEO keywords and how to use them. So I just wanted to start off by saying thanks for all your great feedback about episode 20. I'm so glad it resonated. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet, I really recommend you do. It's all about using free tools to come up with SEO-friendly content ideas. I also want to introduce something very exciting, which is my new website content audit service. And this one will be live very soon, hopefully by the end of May. It's an opportunity for me to dive into your existing website content to give you some insights as to how you can further optimize it. So the content will cover various touch points, including SEO best practices, the content such as the hierarchy, the headlines, and so on, um, user experience, and it also looks at your competitors in the space. So with this service, you'll get a custom audit report and a live Zoom debrief with me to ask any questions that you might have. So right now you can join my email list to be the first to hear when that service is live and bookable. I also share a monthly email with valuable content on SEO and other copywriting topics with my community. So if that's of interest to you, you'll find the link to my website in the show notes. Okay, on to keywords and where to use them in your copy. So once again, like last time, I promise it's not going to get too technical because I really want you to be able to implement these strategies easily and to understand them. Today, I'm going to look at where to use your keywords in your blog and also on your website pages. So first up, I just want to start with something important. So SEO optimized content is great. Okay. But you never want it to compromise the experience for your reader. So what I mean by that is it shouldn't feel forced or robotic. It's really more about integrating keywords into your copy so that your search engines know what the content's about, but that reads clearly and offers real value to your audience. So I'm sure you've read the kind of content that I'm talking about, you know, that the content that's stuffed with keywords or really awkward turns of phrase. It doesn't sound great for one, but also Google, sorry, is constantly evolving in getting better at recognizing and rewarding good writing. You might or might not have heard of some of the algorithm updates over the years. Um, They've had interesting names like Penguin, Hummingbird and Panda. Basically, Google updates itself all the time, but there are some significant updates that change the way that, you know, we can understand how it operates. And the BERT algorithm update, which came into effect in 2019, that one uses natural language processing technology. So 
It better understands the way that people search and interpret text, including a lot more nuance than before. So in summary, poorly written content or fluffy light content is out and well-researched, meaningful, naturally written writing is in. Thank goodness. Writing for people, not search engines like Google, therefore, is really best practice. There's also a difference to understand between on-page SEO and off-page SEO. So to keep things as straightforward as I can for you, on-page SEO includes things like optimizing your page content and your titles and meta descriptions. This is what you see on the Google search engine results pages. Sometimes we call these as SERPs. So the blue writing is the title and the black writing below it is the meta description. So on-page SEO relates to the things that are actually on your site. Off-page SEO is a kind of SEO that is off your page, if you like, but it helps to build your brand and your trust authority. Um, So for example, if you uh, write a piece of content for a respected publication and they give you a backlink, so from their site, they link back to your site, this can help to build your trust factor. And Google starts to recognize that, which can play into the SERP rankings. Uh, Or if you're listed in a reputable directory, for example, for your service or product, that's a way as well, or guest posting, things like that. So as a longer term SEO strategy, and you can park this for now if you just want to focus on where to put your keywords, but you will probably want to start thinking about at some point, how can I build my overall domain authority? So back to finding your keywords. When you think about creating content for your business, it needs to have some thought behind it. So by really thinking about what your end user needs or wants to know, your content, such as your blog, for example, can solve a problem and appeal to your audience, including prospective customers or clients, while also having the potential to rank well. If you haven't yet listened to episode 20, in this episode, I talk about some free tools that can give you SEO-friendly content and keyword ideas. And I also discuss searcher intent in that episode, so I'm not going to go back over that today. But what I will explore a little more is how you decide which keywords to use. And Keywords Everywhere is a free Chrome plugin that I highly recommend if you don't have a paid SEO tool or SEO copywriter on hand. Here's how it works. It actually gives you a bit more information about the kind of chance you'll have to rank for particular keywords Um, rather than just giving you information on what people are searching for, which it does do. It gives you more data that can be helpful in choosing, say, one keyword over another. So here's how it works. Once you've installed the plugin, you can type in a keyword idea to the Google search bar and it will bring up a whole lot of results on the right hand side of your screen. So these results are calculated in real time and they're also location based. For example, you could type in anything. Um, For today's example, I'm going to use romantic Bendigo accommodation. So Bendigo is uh, in regional Victoria, and I'm just going to put that in as a search term to see what I can find out about it. Is it a good keyword to use for my content or would I be better with something else? So when I look to the right-hand side of my screen, once I've typed that into the search bar, I can see all my keywords everywhere metrics. And I can see to start with SEO difficulty. And I can see that Romantic Bendigo Accommodation for me today has an SEO difficulty of 61 out of 100. So the higher the number to 100, the harder it is to rank for a particular keyword. The lower the number, the easier it can be to rank. There's also some other metrics there, off-page difficulty and on-page difficulty. And they sort of refer to, I guess, how optimized 
other sites with the same keyword as the focus keyword, how optimized those other pages are. So kind of how competitive the keyword is. And again, the closer the number to 100, the more difficult and the lower the number, the easier it might be to rank for that term or to be competitive for that term. So what you might choose to do then is to look below the top box into related keywords and to try some of those instead. So let's say, for example, I move from my keyword of romantic Bendigo accommodation to say luxury accommodation Bendigo because I want to see how that stacks up in comparison. So let's remember that romantic Bendigo accommodation had an SEO difficulty of 61 out of 100. When I click on luxury accommodation Bendigo, let's see what that brings up. Okay, so that's got an SEO difficulty of 57 out of 100 and a lower off-page difficulty and on-page difficulty score. So it might be easier to rank for that keyword than it is to rank for the other if I was comparing them side by side. What you can also see on the page once you've got the Keywords Everywhere plugin is trend data for particular keywords as well. And that can be really interesting just to see over time, how has that keyword trended? Are there particular times of the year that that keyword trends highly um, or not, or is it really consistent in terms of its performance? So that can also play into your decision-making as well. So from there, let's talk about blogs. On average, five times as many people read the headline as read the body copy. So your headline really needs to be compelling for your audience, as well as including your target keyword. Remember too, that a keyword is not just a single word. So the most effective keywords are your long tail keywords. The Headline Analyzer tool by CoSchedule is a handy tool to test your headline. And I've popped that into the show notes in case you're interested in having a look at how it works. It basically makes some suggestions as to how you can optimize or reword your headline in a way that might be more compelling for your readers. So your headline should entice people to read your content. And of course, it should relate to what's actually included in your blog. The blog introduction should also contain at least one long tail keyword while the remaining content can include synonyms or related keywords that help to reinforce what your content is about, as long as it still sounds naturally written. So SEO copywriting is more than just keyword placement, though. It's also really important to write content that addresses searcher intent. This is what I spoke more about last week. But essentially, as a quick recap, if you're targeting a keyword that includes how-to, for example, You're speaking to someone who is in research mode, not buying mode. So they're looking for information. So think about how can you best address that need with your content? Is it an FAQ style post that makes the most sense in this situation? If you're on WordPress, you can also use the Yoast Traffic Light plugin to guide you through the SEO. Just don't get too wedded to the colors or obsess over them. It's more of a useful checklist to make sure you've put your keywords in the right place and haven't missed an opportunity. Onto website pages more generally now. So when I take a look at client websites, I often see plenty of missed opportunities when it comes to optimizing for SEO. And some of these are really easy fixes. One of the most common things I see, for example, is titles or meta descriptions that are either too long not relevant to the page content, or not included at all. If you have an existing website, it's worth optimizing your existing content, especially if you're already ranking for particular keywords. So you can check that kind of intel out using your Google Search Console, as long as you have your Google Analytics set up. Remember, if you don't, 
just get in touch with your developer because this is really useful information for you to have access to. If you're creating new page content, as you do your keyword research using Keywords Everywhere, start to group your keywords into packs, like little themes. Think about it like this. Each page of your site should have a different focus keyword and a little pack of synonyms to go with it. And this really makes sense because each page of your site, if you think about it, has a different purpose. You also don't want your website pages to be competing with each other to rank in the search results because that's really a waste of your time and effort. So here's an example for you. Let's say you're an osteopathic clinic. So you'll have your brand name as your focus keyword on the homepage. While your treatment or services might have the focus keyword Sydney Osteopathic Services, for example. Your focus keywords can have some crossover though. Um, For example, you include the word osteopathy or osteopathic in more than one focus keyword because it's logical that you'll be talking about that on every page. I mean, it's your core business. But you can find some variations using modifiers such as location or adjectives to differentiate them. The best practice is to put your focus SEO keyword into the following places. Here's where I want you to get your notepad out and your pen. So the H1, which is your main page heading, within the first 100 words of the body copy, within the last 100 words of the body copy, in your image titles. So an image title is shown when your user hovers their mouse over the elements, kind of like a pop-up. So it won't be shown to the user when an image can't be displayed. The alt text, pop it in there. This is what tells uh, search engine crawlers what an image is all about, and it helps it be found in search. And it also improves accessibility for people with poor vision using screen readers. So that's really handy. In the page URL itself, in the title, this is what searchers see when they look at the results on Google, and it describes the topic of the page. So you've got around 60 characters to play with when it comes to your title. The meta description, you have got about 160 characters to play with here. I use the Web Apex tool to write my titles and meta descriptions because it lets me easily check the length. And that's a tool that I've also popped into the show notes. But Yoast can help with this if you're on a WordPress site. Make sure they're also written to entice click-through, but you're clear about what a user can expect to find. Otherwise, they may click through and then bounce right back off your page. And Google notes that down as well. There's a couple of final notes that it's worth mentioning here. And the first of those is site speed. So the optimal page load time is between two to five seconds, but if it's on the higher end, you should really take some steps to improve it. That's because even if you're creating valuable content, a slow load time might see your visitors leave because of a bad user experience. An easy way to check your site speed is to use the free Pingdom tool, and you can grab the details of that one in the show notes too. Some quick ways to speed up your site are by, say, compressing any images or videos. The other thing I want to touch on is um, domain authority. So with your Keywords Everywhere Chrome plugin, you will see, as I mentioned, the data for the keyword in question, including off-page difficulty. So those sites that have built a really high domain authority buy things like building their backlinks, guest posting, um, having quality links back to their site will often have a higher domain authority. And so that's something that you can continue to build over time, as I mentioned, with a longer-term strategy, it does play into um, how Google looks at your content, so it is important to think about as well. But above all, I want you to remember that whenever you're using keywords to optimize your copy for SEO, please write for humans first. Never stuff your keywords. 
Never shoehorn them in in a way that doesn't feel natural. Always consider the user experience. Try and put yourself in the shoes of your potential client or audience and think about if you're approaching your content for the first time. How does it sound readability-wise? Does it feel really accessible or does it feel a little bit stilted in the way that it's written? User experience and humans first, please. So that's a wrap on today's SEO keyword episode. If you found today's advice useful, please jump on Apple Podcasts and review the show. I really value your support. And of course, share it with a small business friend who might find it useful. I'll be back in your ears next Monday with a fresh interview episode. And if you're a freelancer living in Australia or New Zealand, I'm betting you'll be familiar with my guest and I can't wait to share this conversation with you. Until then, happy writing. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love you to hit subscribe, rate and review it as this helps the pod reach more people. To get in touch or suggest a guest, head to emmamcmillancopy.com or find me on Instagram at emmamcmillancopy. See you next time.